Welcome to Thrive Through Marketing, the only organic content marketing podcast for mental wellness companies. You have a mission to impact the world, and I have a mission to help you do that, all while increasing revenue, creating a new stream of customers, and reaching people before they even know they need you. With more than a decade of experience in organic content marketing and a deep passion and respect for mental wellness, there's one thing I know for sure. When you thrive, your customers thrive. That's why I'm here to deliver strategies, ideas, insights, and interviews from storytelling and analytics to practical steps and high-level vision. We cover it all. So if you're ready to leverage the power of organic content marketing, let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Thrive Through Marketing. We have a very special guest today, someone who I worked with like literal lifetimes ago at active.com. We have very much moved on from there, but um, Farah is here today. She is the head of content marketing at WorkRamp and the founder of The Content Coach, and she brings more than 20 years of content experience to her work. Her love for storytelling has earned her an Emmy Award, and she's been featured in many, many publications. And when not writing or talking about writing, you'll find her globetrotting while logging miles for her next half marathon. Welcome, Farah. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Jess. I'm so excited to talk with you again. It's been a while. So I'm so so excited. (laughs) And it's funny how much our lives have changed both professionally and personally since, I mean, when did we work at Active. When was that? Like 2016, 2017? Before. Uh, I think it was like 2013 or 14. Oh my God. Like almost oh. 10 years ago. That's <laughs> wild to think it's that long that ago. That's actually insane. You know, what's funny. I think all the time and I bet Miley, who is also a friend of ours from active yeah. would agree. Maybe you would too, that I still have one of our senior editors who edited all of our content, Kristen. <laughs> Her words are in my brain when I edit content still. (laughs) I hated it at the time, but it made me such a good editor. And I literally still think things that she said to me, like those rules are still. Oh, yeah. Miley and I. So we still work with each other and like, we'll, we'll uh, message each other sometimes. We're like, what would Kirsten do? What what would would, do, you rem- do you remember this rule? And, or if we see, if we see the typo somewhere, we're like, remember yeah. Kirsten taught us this. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my so, yeah, God. We definitely, thank you. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Thank you so much. We were, my gosh, I learned so much about just like churning out good quality content. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of things, but I think that was like my biggest lesson there. My bi- sure. I have to say my biggest lesson from her was how to write a solid lead and mm. graph. And so it's funny, my writers, when I'm editing their work, that's probably the harshest part when I'm editing. Mm-hmm. And they've come back to me years later. They're like, when we first started working with you, we thought you were just so <laughs> mean because of how you ripped it apart, but you've made me a better writer. Mm-hmm. So I have to explain the same thing to them of how <laughs> yep. like back in our days. Uh, yeah, that that sticks with me. I'm back in the olden times. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm really excited to talk today about long-term versus short-term content because what we're talking about is long-term content. And I think that's what you and I have spent a lot of our careers doing. But of course, we've shifted into a very um uh, short-term marketing space where a lot of people are more consuming, it seems like short-term. And so I think a lot of marketers are questioning the value of long-term. Is it necessary? Do we need it? 
Right. And I know you have an opinion on this and I do as well. So before we share that opinion and get into, you know, what we think is really most valuable at this point, maybe the values of both, can you help us first sort of identify the difference between long-term and short-term? Yeah. So, you know, it's such a hot topic right now. Um, so when we think of short, it's like, what is going to capture the attention immediately? But it might not have that the bandwidth to really hold out for long periods. So we talk about evergreen content. What is that evergreen content going to look like? And what kind of form is that? Is that going to be short, a short form piece of content? Or is that going to be a long form piece of content? Is it seasonality? Is it only going to be relevant within two months, three months? Or is it going to be relevant in 18 months or 24 months? Um or if we're talking about podcasts or videos, it's similar. Like, is the conversation we're having only going to be relative for right now? And are we only going to do like five minutes worth of content? Or are we going to do a topic that could be relevant right now, but it's going to be relatable and people can use that information in five years? And is it going to be like something that's 20, 30, 40 minutes long versus five minutes? I think as... um marketers or creative um, content creators in general, we've been maybe like in the past eight years, just bred to know the best practices short form and focus on like under 12 month period. And I think um, we need to take a step back and reevaluate that best practice because that's not necessarily the right approach depending on what your strategy or goals are. So a very long-winded answer. I'm sorry. Um, but short form. Long-winded is welcome. <laughs> short, you know, just think like right now content that's under five minutes or under a thousand words. Um, and then think like long-term is what can be expanded for years to come. And like, usually that encompasses that longer form content. Yep. And I think something you were saying feels like an important point, which is there's value in long-term and short-term separately, of course, like on Instagram is all short form. That's just the reality. And there can be some longer form short, like, you know, a longer reel, longer caption. And there's a lot of discussion around that too. Do you do a really long caption? Do you just do a few sentences? Do you do the short reel for five seconds or do you do the six, you know, whatever. But I think it comes down to not only the value you're going to get out of it long-term, but also, yeah, your audience, your platform. You know, I know some podcasts have little 10 minute episodes and that's what that like, like that's how they brand themselves. You know, you're like little 10 minute snacking bite of sales advice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of what could be valuable long-term, I think you have to start with the idea of what is our audience actually desire right now and what's going to be the best format for them to take in this information and for us to make sure that we're actually still delivering value. Like, can we actually deliver value in this short form format? Are they going to be able to take something away from it and remember our brand in a really positive light? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's a few good points you made in there. One, yes, we need to make sure we're listening to our audience, what they want and give them the right value, but are they going to walk away with all the great value in under a minute, under five minutes or are they going to get even more information, more value in like 
an ebook that's 10 pages or in a podcast that's 45 minutes, video that's 45 minutes, like you have to start thinking about that. And then you also mentioned that's a big debate on social media channels, which is also a whole other gamut. But I don't know if you've noticed on TikTok lately, they've launched um, a feature like for 10 minute long videos. Mm -hmm. So, you know, TikTok used to be under a minute long and now we're seeing that trend of longer videos going on these social platforms. So people will make time to watch content, listen to content, or even read content as long as we're giving them what they want, something tangible that they can walk away with. Um, also just engaging really good content in general. So we don't want to give them, we don't want to give them fluff. We don't want to give them crap. We want to give them something that's valuable. Yep. And something that I know you focus a lot on that lends itself more to the longer form content is storytelling. And in the, especially in the mental health space, the mental wellness space, storytelling is so important to connect with an audience that might be really needing something from you or feeling especially vulnerable. And you're not going to, you are less likely, I think, to really connect in a little one minute snippet versus something that gives a little bit more for them to really emotionally connect with. Totally. Everyone wants to connect with people. They want connection. And in this world, we're very remote. It's You're not getting that human uh, connection as much as we did before 2020. Um, so the one of the best ways to connect with people is to be vulnerable and share your story so people can relate to it. You know, and one of the one of the best things about being in the wellness space is everyone experiences wellness in some way, shape, or form, whether that's a struggle, um, whether they've you know lived and breathed this since day one of birth, but how have they adapted to it and made it part of their life? Um, everyone has had challenges and and roadblocks in their life. So being able to share that story on your platform and relate it back to whatever, service or product you're selling and how that helps is a way to share that story, a way to connect with people. And you're, you can't tell a story in five minutes. You just, you can't, if I, if I tell you my, whether it's my career path or some of the challenges I've had and how I've helped myself from a mental health wellness point, it's going to take 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you just, the, the connection is a real big thing and storytelling is hard to do in in short amount of time. Yeah. I think when I'm thinking about like marketing strategy and setting your plan, what what's feeling present for me is the idea of creating, making sure you're focusing on channels where you can create that long form content where that naturally fits and supports your business in maybe other ways while also still knowing that if you're on a platform like Instagram where maybe the shorter form content is is present, you can still be there. It's not like don't do that. Don't put your story out there in that space. But know that prioritizing the longer form content channels is also going to benefit you greatly. You know, we get so tunnel vision on social media and these new trends. And I think we forget about the stuff that's never going away that's always important. Like I think SEO, cause that's what I do. And like long form content, 2000 plus words, continually the data shows is what continually ranks best that really thorough, full juicy stuff. And so 
ignoring that is really putting yourself at a disadvantage outside of just the idea of storytelling and connecting with your audience. Totally. I, I, I want to take a step back because um, when you're talking about, you know, on Instagram, yes, we we can't negate the fact that there's that short, the short form 30 second reels going on or minute long reels. Um, but if you look at storytelling, traditional storytelling, television shows were 30 minutes long, or they still are 30 minutes long, but we had commercials. Commercials mm-hmm. were 30 seconds, 15 seconds. And that was our way to engage with a brand, engage with a product, or be, even be entertained. Some of them was just solely entertaining purposes, but somehow you know, you're, you're getting that brand stuck in your head. So the way I look at Instagram uh, shorts and uh, the reels is these are just commercials. They're just a new way of commercials. And you should have that longer form content somewhere else, whether that is your 2000 plus word um, article, or it's that longer, com- uh, longer video or podcast. All these little things are just to capture the attention, but people really do crave something more in depth. And, and like you said, you have the data to show that 2000 word con- uh, articles are keeping people on. And that's what we need to do is as marketers, we want to keep people on si- on your website or whatever that content piece is. So the best way to do that is to create long form. That's yeah. Keep them, keep them coming back for, for periods of time. I really, really like that analogy of long form content is like the television show and your Instagram, LinkedIn, X, Twitter, whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> is so like, yeah, I know. Is your commercial and your ad. And I think it brings us to another really important point that I think I know gets forgotten a lot about with social media, which is, yes, it's for building your brand, but like the goal is to get them back to your website, the TV show where they're going to take the action. They're going to have the conversion. They're going to get to know your business better. And so I think that helps also make that connection a little bit more obvious of like, okay, this ad is to get them to go do something, not just to check a box to exist on this platform that I think that we should be active on because everyone else is, or because my boss is telling me to, or the CEO wants to do this. Right. Yeah. And we're so um, much in tune. Social media is a big, big channel. So we're so in tune with that. And we focus so much on the trends, but the trends can last 48 hours. Right. And so you're going to put all that effort into a trend for the hopes to go viral, which it works for people. Don't get me wrong. As a content marketer, it's still something you need to be paying attention to. Um, but if you're focused on what's only good for 48 hours and I'm going to spend 24 hours building a piece of content solely for that, that's going to last two, three days. What's the ROI of that? Right. Are you really going to capture all those eyes, all the clicks drive some sort of action versus um, something that's more meaningful. You have a story, you think through it, and it might take you a week or a few months to put it together, but it's 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 a evergreen, it's longer, um, and the ROI is probably going to be a little bit better than that short form, that trending piece that you focus so much on. Mm-hmm. And in terms of efficiency, like 
we do realistically live in a content heavy world. As a marketer, we need to know all types of content. We need to be creating all types of content, be active on multiple content platforms. And I teach my clients and use with my clients what I call an integrated content strategy. And so I think of it as an upside down triangle and you're really robust full content lives at the top. That's often like blog content. And from that comes the short form content. So you're being a lot more efficient and you're creating a more consistent message across all your platforms by, let's say, starting with that really great, robust content that lives on your website or maybe YouTube. It's a long YouTube video. Maybe it's a podcast episode and then disseminating that out through your channels. And so it all works together, but you're being a lot more efficient and not coming up with fresh content for everything. Totally. Yeah. The, the, I think one of the best, best pieces of best practice advice is think about how you can create something long, long form, and that's going to be evergreen for years to come. And you can repurpose that and you can repurpose it over and over and over every three, four months. You could go back to that blog post and say, Oh, this sentence here, I can turn into some sort of meme on, on Instagram. Or I can create some sort of like a, you know, tech graphic or like an animated video or something that will capture the attention. But your goal is not to have them only focus on that piece. It's to drive them somewhere else. So, I mean, yes, invest in the longer pieces because those are going to be beneficial than the shorter ones. I really like your triangle. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And those, those, pieces, those evergreen pieces, you might roll out during a trending moment. Something big might happen and it makes sense. And also they can, I'm not, I'm not huge on seasonal content necessarily, but like I have this piece on my website that's um 20 mental health hashtags mm-hmm. on Instagram. And every year around mental health awareness month that picks up and it gets a lot more engagement, a lot more ton more traffic. And same with actually um I have a hashtag for um, it's like uh, women's history hashtags and women's history month. Always. I see like a massive uptick in traffic to that blog post. So a piece like that, I might want to update it and make sure those hashtags are still relevant or maybe add more, but overall every year it's getting that huge pickup, which means I'm a lot more people are seeing my brand and my business each year at that time. And that's a really long form piece of content. I mean, 20 hashtags with an explanation for each and an example from Instagram embedded, like that takes some time to put there. Yeah. But it's every year it's in use again. Every year it's still relevant for a portion, a period of time. Right. Yeah. You, you might be making minor updates on it, but you're not doing an overall overhaul on it. Also like your mental health hashtags, even though that's Primarily for Mental Health Awareness Month, I could totally see you, you know, promoting that during the holiday season or just yeah. different, different times when there's a lot of stress going on. So it's like a foundation for many, many things. And yeah, I, I yeah, I can already know you probably had a lot of cup of many cups of coffee putting that together <laughs> recently to crank that up. Oh my god, I know. And and mental health hashtags is actually my one of my top three pieces of blog content every single month. Cool. It's just ranks for hundreds of terms. And that's the thing too with these long pieces of content. When we're thinking about SEO, people forget about their website. They forget about search. But actually, men- businesses in the mental wellness space need to be there. Searches, Google searches for mental wellness terms and mental health terms have been 
skyrocketing since the start of the pandemic. And if you're not showing up there, your competitors are. And not just going to show up there by accident, not likely. It takes effort and intentional strategy to get there. And there's longer pieces of content that you can use on all your other platforms also make that happen for you. And that's a a huge benefit to the longer form content. Yeah. Yeah. You make another good point that you need to show up where your audience is searching or where what they're interested in. So even, you know, it might be harder for you to rank for certain keywords, but if you're not doing it, you're not going to even have the chance to rank for it. So you like have to at least try and SEO is a marathon. It's going to take a while to do it. So invest in creating the long, valuable content, Mm -hmm. um, be where your audience is and yeah, just you can reevaluate it in 12 months, but I think that's really smart to, to at least be there and show up. Totally. And if you work with someone who knows what they're doing, wink, wink, like me, there are lots of keywords you can rank for that will do huge things for your website. I see all of my clients have significant increases in organic traffic, non-branded keywords, and revenue as a result from organic search. So it works, but yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Um, Something we haven't touched on that I'm curious if you have like uh, an opinion on is long form versus short form in email. Mm, it's another yep. good topic. <sighs> so I really don't know where I stand on this because I see some content or some email content that's long form, but there's no bells and whistles. It's just like straight to the point, text base only, maybe a GIF, but that's it. Um, but it, it, it's engaging. Like it's coming from a subject matter expert most of the time. Um, and you, probably if you boil the content down, it's probably shorter, but the way they create the format, it makes it look really long. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I see a lot of content or email content that has a lot of images in there. And there's maybe a few pieces of maybe like a few sentences. Um, I think that play... Again, I'm still learning more about that, but that play, I think, really depends on what your ultimate goal is with your audience. Like, are you just trying to give them as much information as you want and you don't really need them to take an action right away? So maybe the long form is the way to go. If you need them to click over ASAP, like buy something or get a demo, whatever it is, maybe it's an email sequence that's a mix of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but eventually you need to get them to take an action. So I think it depends on your cadence mm-hmm. of how many emails and what you're putting in there. But again, at the end of the day, you have to make sure it's good. Right. Right. <laughs> the quality put, has to be there. Yeah. Especially if it's long content, long form content in the email, mm-hmm. um, make sure it's valuable content. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't tell you how many emails I just, I don't read. I just move right through it. There's just too much stuff there. I Mm -hmm. I'm of like the, I think I'm in the camp of shorter form via email. There are, it's because there's a whole camp too, that is for the long form. That is for like, like, especially in the coaching industry, that's all about like the really long talk about storytelling, bringing in the story, bringing in the uh, the case studies, the one client you had that made a hundred thousand dollars in a month, like, you know, but I'm, I just, I don't, I don't read those emails. I hate those emails. Yeah. Like, but 
I think with those, if you look at the cadence and what like how many emails they are in between, I think you'll recognize a mix of those. Right. Maybe the mix is like the first week, the first Thursday of every month. It's very long. And then the following one is, oh, I have one space left in my whatever training camp. And don't forget the next one is don't forget we got one more spot. And so those are probably shorter form content pieces. Um, But yeah, I I don't have time for that stuff. If the subject line sucks or if I can tell, if I can tell it's written by chat GPT or like has the like clickbaity type headlines or subject lines, I'm not clicking on it. So you can really, maybe it's because you and I are in that space. We, we know (laughs) we have a different lens, Mm -hmm. but, um, for sure, like the subject line matters. And then that first sentence, like someone who I actually worked with a year or two ago, he coached me on some stuff. He taught me how to listen to your body when you're reading your, your content, especially the hook that lead. And he was like, for me, I do a head nod. And I go, if it, if I'd nod this way, if I just this way, then I know it's not that great. If I nod up and down, like doing a yes, then I know that's the way to go. And so I started paying attention. I like bite my lip a little bit. And I have like an eye, like my, I noticed my eyebrows. So I'm paying attention to my body's reaction to the words I'm reading. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I'm writing the copy, it's like, man, that kind of sucks. Or yes, that's good. So it's the same thing when I'm reading those emails from other people. I'm like, hey, you should probably shouldn't have gone with that. Or or I'll screenshot and go, yes, let's use this as inspiration. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to be really focused on how to create that, that something that's going to capture the person. Um, and if your first three lines capture them, people will stay and read that email. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard because we are, as creatives, marketers, we're busy. We're bouncing multiple things. And so we're leaning on new tools to help us just crank stuff out. And I invite people to not do that, to slow down a little bit um, so that you can actually create like yeah. something that will keep them reading. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, it's a, I think it's a mix of stuff. Um, if the subject line sucks, I'm not even bothering to click in. So right, exactly. it doesn't even matter if it's long form or short form. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll add one last thing on this and then we can move on. But um, I was listening to a podcast like two years ago, these guys that run, I think they're literally, they call themselves the email marketing guys. They run this like really, really successful email marketing membership. And they were talking about emails and and these guys actually send one email every single day. And it's a short form email. And he bases it, he has like this very uh, specific um, formula where he tells a story about the least boring part of his day. So he doesn't say the most exciting, he says the least boring and then he like there's a so there's a story a lesson and then a call to action and the call to action isn't always buy something it's like listen to this podcast episode or check out this article and his argument was outside of the fact that it's pretty much short form for the most part it's like a little story and lesson um but his argument is that it doesn't matter the subject line if your audience knows you well enough and they know that you provide value and you're interesting. He was like, right. if your best friend sends you an email, it doesn't matter what the subject line is. You're going to open it. Right. Yeah. It's going to be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> right. Exactly. And I thought yeah. that was 
really interesting argument that just seemed relevant to share that if you are consistently engaging with your, you know, in this, in this instance, your email audience, and you're consistently providing value and you're in like your content isn't so long that they don't read it. And so they don't care about it, you know, finding that happy medium that it's not going to matter even necessarily with the subject line is because they see it's from you and they open it anyway. Yeah. That's very, very valid point. That's why I think for subject lines, like steer away from chat GPT <laughs> because it's every sorry, didn't mean to go into AI, but yeah, the subject line thing with that, like I can tell it's usually the same words, mm-hmm. whoever uses it, it doesn't matter the brand. It's like unrival or unleash, unlock. It's, yeah. <laughs> language. Yeah. Totally. Let's just be human. Oh boy. AI, that's a converse. I actually have an episode on ChatGPT, but I need to bring in, it's a solo episode. I need to bring in a guest to talk more about it. Maybe yeah. we'll talk. <laughs> I'm still learning that, that whole aspect of stuff, but yes. Yeah. I am actually a huge fan of it, but I think you need to be smart in the way that you use it. Yeah. And it does not a replacement for your brain or your creativity. It yeah. can just be a starting point. So yeah. Yeah. It can only help enhance. Right. Exactly. If you choose to use it the right way. Um, Well, I love this conversation. I love talking about all things content. So I'm always happy to dive into these little like pockets of, I feel like people often fall on one side or the other. Um, But before we finish up and wrap up, I'm curious to know what organic marketing strategy is working best for you right now. So, um, I would say, okay, so for my day-to-day, SEO is our strongest organic marketing strategy. I mean, since I came in to that organization, um, partnering with our growth marketing manager on our SEO strategy, we have just expedited that strategy. Like we, I think the number when I reported on it um, in July, we were like a thousand or 1500% year over year growth. Um, and like, yeah, so SEO, I don't care what people say just because chat GPT is here. SEO is not going away anytime soon. Um, it's just going to evolve. And so from that aspect, that really has helped us a lot in growth. Now I do some consulting work and, um, a lot in the wellness space. And what I've noticed is for organizations that were starting up, um, Leaning on organic social strategy has helped us in the short term, but in the long term, we're leaning into SEO. So I've brought on a few, I've worked with a few clients and it's maybe only been three, four months that I'm working with them. I'm not going to see the SEO play anytime soon. Um, So I'm just setting us up for success and I will see that in the long term. I will see that in 12 to 18 months. But if I'm looking at ROI and the you know, within the six month period, our social organic social strategy has really helped. Haven't really leaned into paid yet. So um, from that, like when we're talking about short term and long term, mm-hmm. the organic has helped us in the interim, but I'm leaning a lot onto SEO for that organic marketing play. Yeah. I mean, you have to, it's something that everyone should have, st- every business business should have started three years ago. You know, every day that you wait is another day you're wasting to value and authority with your website. So, and, and and what, before we hop switch, um, I am bullish on podcasts. So I love that you're bringing this podcast Mm -hmm. to life 
I think podcasting is a new organic strategy. Um, again, at my one at my full time job, <laughs> we've seen really great results from just podcasting and organically, like we promote it on social media, um, and we we repurpose the content. But from we haven't invested any paid into our podcast strategy yet. And from that, we're really seeing great brand awareness growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just another way to get our voice out there. So I think in the next year or two, we're going to see podcast marketing as another channel to lean into. And I, I think that SEO, social and podcasting, podcast marketing will probably be the top three that we need to focus on more and more. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And especially like we're saying in the mental wellness space where storytelling and that long form content really is a lot of what people are craving. Because you get all the short form on Instagram. You follow your people, yeah. you get the little little bits of inspiration, little bits of advice, but it's it needs to be more than that. And I, yeah. I totally agree. I think podcasts, I mean, they've been exploding for the last five years, really. And we're just oh. starting to see so many more people pick up on it. Yeah. And there's going to be new tools coming out in the next five years. Like it, we're just at the beginning of it. So it's just going to evolve. It's just going to evolve in the next five, 10 years. So you need to start now. If you're thinking about it, start now. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Farrah Rosenzweig on LinkedIn. And then um, Instagram, uh, you can find my the content coach on Instagram. You'll have it on show note in the show notes. All the links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. All the things in the show notes, but awesome. LinkedIn, definitely. I talk a lot about content on LinkedIn. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was so great to see you and talk with you. Like it's I been know. years because we used to do this all the time day to day. Right next to each other in our cubicles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you want to learn more about what I do, you can find the link in the show notes or go to jessicathiefels.com or find me on most social platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on another episode of Thrive Through Marketing.